everyone's favorite podcast, it's Reclaimed Audio. We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you this special episode of the Reclaimed Audio podcast. This would be episode 259 which was recorded live on October 24th as part of the Klingspor Woodworking Shop Woodworking Extravaganza 2020 event that is happening all of this week. As you know, they are sponsors of this podcast and friends of ours. And so what we did was a live video podcast with Chris and Mike, and it aired on their social media platforms. If you would like to watch the video of it, you can go to the Klingspor Woodworking Shop YouTube page and see the video there. Uh, There's a few visual references, but for the most part, I think you'll be fine just listening. And um, also, you can go to woodworkingextravaganza.com to learn more about the event. It's basically their live show that they do every year to celebrate woodworking and offer sales and deals. They can't do live this year, so they moved it to online. And as part of that show, there's a lot of guest speakers, including this podcast and uh, other people. And also, I will be doing another live stream event with them on Wednesday, October 28th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be talking about reclaimed woodworking, some CNC stuff, and um, if you have any questions, I'm going to try to answer them there. But so for this week's episode, it's a little bit different. The first 10 minutes of the episode, we're basically talking about the event so you can learn more about it. And then we do more of a traditional episode where we basically make fun of each other and pretend we know what we're talking about. But the other thing I wanted to mention is part of the woodworking extravaganza sale over at the woodworkingshop.com or if you just go to woodworkingextravaganza.com that'll give you all the links you need to know um, you can utilize my special coupon code which is broccoli of course and for any order of $35 or more you will get free shipping by typing in broccoli uh, again go to the woodworkingshop.com or woodworkingextravaganza.com to uh, check out what's going on so thank you very much Klingspor for sponsoring our podcast we hope you all enjoyed this episode which is a little bit different and as always be good. Wait, what's that? They can utilize other coupon codes? Whatever. Agree to disagree. Good afternoon and welcome to Kling Spores Woodworking Shop 20th Annual Woodworking Extravaganza. <laughs> Virtual. Uh, joined with us today is the Reclaimed Audio Podcast and we have with us all three guys. We have Tim Sway, we have Bill Lutz, and we have Phil Bensky. Hi. Howdy. Oh, no, wait, let's all do it at once. Ready? Hello. Okay. No. Hello. 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 No, we're not doing that. Never mind. Just kidding. Just kidding. I was into it. I was into it, though. Yeah. But we practiced that before the show. So. No, we didn't. That worked out really well. Thank you, guys. We never practiced anything before any show we've ever done together. Ever. I think you should have repracticed that a little more. <laughs> Well, we always repractice it, but it's always after the show. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah. That's how that works. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to talk about podcasting, what it means to podcast, as well as the, the actual theme of their podcast is reclaimed um, goods and making goods out of reclaimed products. Um, everybody's got a YouTube uh, page here. And so we just kind of want to talk a little bit about that, understanding everything that goes into it. Uh, you guys said you've been doing it for five years now? Yeah, it's five years this month, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I cannot believe, first of all, I want to thank um, you guys for hosting this for our five-year anniversary, having this extravaganza thing <laughs> for the first time ever. It's, really it's amazing. Nice. I mean, seriously, I, I, I'm honored. I, mm-hmm. I'm honored because I'm all the way on the other side of the country. And for you to do this thing just for our podcast is beyond words. Well, we're glad to have you guys join us. So it, the, the feeling's mutual, trust me. 100%. Oh, good, good. Let me just add real quick that uh, that the sort of overarching 
uh, theme of our podcast is certainly making things with Reclaim, but there's so much more to it that we talk about. Um, I think we would have run out of material a long time ago if all we talked about was, you know, barnwood and stuff. Uh, you know, we talk about all kinds of challenges that people have and uh, when we answer specific questions. So it's a lot of fun and it goes a little bit outside of that. And I think the reason that people come back week in, week out is because, uh, well, for me, just kidding. The chemistry that we have amongst the three of us, it's uh, its a lot of fun. And it's, uh, you know, it's like uh, hanging out with your buddies in the garage and Bill. So it's a lot of fun. And timing. It's, it's about timing. Timing, yeah. <laughs> He's got two of those things covered. He's hanging out and in the garage. And broccoli, according to Nick Carruthers, which is true. There's a lot of broccoli involved. I mean, that is the key. Almost enough. (laughs) Not going to utilize that one? I love you so much right now. (laughs) By the way, I see a lot of food on the table, and I see no broccoli. I'm just pointing that out. Oh. We do have this, which is green, if that helps. Yeah, there is a green jar on the table. What is that, pickle brine? Yeah, what, what is know, it? I've tasted that green jar before I, once. You know, it was yes. one of them southern states. It was given to us by a very nice man called Sterling Davis. Oh, God. Let's just say from the mountains. Yeah, they're slightly <laughs> oh. made from spring water. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very shiny. Yeah, so he dropped that off as well as the uh, scrolled image that we have there on my monitor to cover up my monitor. That's I, I saw the posting of when he, he was advertising that little exchange between you guys. I love him. He's one yeah. of my favorite humans. He's a good dude. He's good or actually, dude. he's one of my favorite three humans because he's a large individual. Wow, that went from nice to mean. Well done. Yep. No, no, no. I mean, he's like seven foot tall. The guy's just, he's right. gigantic. Tall. Yeah. I think he's like six, four, but close. <laughs> pretty it's pretty normal same. height kind of yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same way my kids think i'm like 20 feet tall you know yeah. it's kind of I like, constantly doing stuff and i'm five six and he's like six four so it's always weird it yeah makes when, me look like i'm a whenever a we kid. have to do videos i'm always cutting my own head off just to you know make sure he's in the shot apple boxes yeah apple boxes. Oh, yeah. there you go compensate chris what's wrong with you if only you guys knew any woodworkers that could maybe make one for you i don't know just all oh. I mean, seriously, you need an apple box. There's apples all over the place. Oh, that's one of the things that we love about the extravaganza is that we get the mountain apples and it's the perfect time of the year to harvest them. So we Mm. actually go up to North Carolina mountains, get a couple of bushels and bring them back down. Nice. So speaking of extra, tell us about your thing, because I know you've actually been doing this for 72 years, something like that. Tell me about the extravaganza. So minus years of that event, uh, Chris describes it the best I've ever heard. He's been here since the beginning. I haven't. I've been only here half of the time. Well, I I was here at the start of it. I haven't been the whole time. But yeah, either way, it's another story. But uh, no, I mean, it, it we, obviously everybody knows about woodworking shows, this, the traveling show, especially this, this smaller one, as well as the, the big monster one that rotates coasts, you know, every other year. And we just got tired of seeing and working all these shows where customers, the biggest complaint we would hear when they would come in and see our booths was the amount of money they had to pour out just mm-hmm. to get the show. And, you know, it was about that time we started seeing opportunities for us to kind of create our own show because we saw the flaws and everything that was going on in some of the others. And so we decided right out of the gate, our first priority was free admission, free parking, 
and free classes and demos regardless of what it cost us to put on the show and so that that was our our premise to get it going and uh because we want it to be a hundred percent about not just the woodworkers but we wanted it to be something where the family could come out and everybody at least have something you know fun to do um and so, you know, we our first show, we started out that way, and the convention center we, hall we were in was quite small, but we did it. And then over the years, we've done nothing but uh, grow that. We've added a lot more bigger-name demonstrators. We've got multiple clubs that come in every year and put on their whole club event. We've got one club that does nothing but a learning turn where there's 10 or 12 mini lathes set up so kids can come in and they teach kids and let kids actually walk away with a, a top or a pin or some turned item that the kid actually did themselves. Um, and there's all kinds of more in-depth classes, specific type stuff. A lot of the vendors that we've brought in, um, they like it because it's very low key. It's not really high pressure sales. And it's just a great event, you know, where people can get together and learn and, and enjoy the day. And the benefit of doing it in the fall, especially here in North Carolina, the time of year we typically do it in late October, is the leaves um, in the area are just amazing. And we're less than, you know, 30 to 45 minutes either direction to, to our mountain range here. And, and so it's nice. Boone, Asheville, hit the Blue Ridge Parkway. So you make a whole weekend vacation out of it and bring the whole family. And I understand too that uh, the actual event is going on one place, but you're also having like mini satellite events in every store. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Each store yeah. is getting its own thing going on, and especially during this virtual event, since we can't have the main event, uh, we still have clubs demonstrating. We still have everybody coming out uh, that would normally kind of be here. A lot of the vendors didn't make it, but some of them sent somebody to do something. So. It all works out that way. But uh, I know with this, the high schools is something that I, I'm more passionate about for sure in everything that we do. Uh, but the CTE programs in the state, we have them come out and they actually make a field trip day on the Friday of the event. And so they can pretty much come with their class and just let the students loose because it doesn't cost the school anything but the travel. And they can learn about woodworking. They can learn about something in particular, ask the vendors. So I, I enjoy that part of it. Plus, everything's rang out through us at one main cash register. So all of the vendors don't have to worry about who pays what. Did you buy that? Labeling it. They don't have to worry about all that. So it makes the experience for both the vendors and the customers a lot more easy and just comfortable and friendly. Well, it's interesting. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, a typical Friday and Saturday, it works out really well uh, for us and for most of our customers. And, uh, and, and a lot of the classes, especially over the last few years, have just gotten more in depth. Uh, the names of people participating. I mean, what last year we had Izzy Swan and his giant. Center, I mean, for crying out loud. It's some guy named Izzy. I don't know. You might have heard of him. I, I really have. I, I'm not. No. <laughs> But yeah, he made the centipede, which was cool, and then he gave it away. So it actually went to a local high school teacher, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, cool. So that 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 worked out pretty good. They now have a a robot centipede made of plywood. (laughs) Awesome. Which school doesn't need one of those? Right. Yeah. They keep cutting funding. Not enough robot centipedes going around. (laughs) The centipede budget. Yeah. Well, I, if it's okay, I'd like to announce. I I don't know how many people are watching this because you have all the control, and it's beyond me anyway um but i'd like to announce to everybody that clingspore is offered to for next year if everything's back to normal 
to fly me out for this event because Phil and Tim can drive. They're you're you're so, and I'm just I want to tell you, Mike. No, first class is not necessary. I'll do business class. It's okay. Good. Yeah, I don't know I mean, if I'm driving just, to but, Tennessee. But, I thought we just North Carolina, North North Carolina. I'm not driving to North Carolina either. It's still 20 hours. He's from Canada. It's all the same state to him. He doesn't know. Okay. I promise you. Fine. All right. I'm not going to get into this match, Um, but Paul. Yes. Utilize does apply discount code for everything. It's whatever you see on there. Sterling's montage, uh, (laughs) unicorn cutout thing. 10% off. Utilize. Utilize it. Yeah. Yep. And we give away the apples. We don't sell them. Oh, and you know what's really fun is that when we have the Turners demonstrate turning an apple, mm. that's so good. It's a, awesome. it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. know if you heard uh, Coleman's uh, warning to Scott yesterday. No. Yes, yeah, Scott. He told Scott, he said, if you're turning in here, he said, if I see any apple juice on my expensive banners, me and you are going to have a conversation. <laughs> we have Scott Caskey's a local here and he comes and helps us out with the AAW symposiums, the wood turning symposiums and things like that. And he doesn't really have any bounds as far as stopping. He'll just try turning anything. And when he did an apple one year, he got that juice everywhere. We had a wood turning shave competition in 2017 of how high we could get the shavings. And he put a massive log on that lathe, and then he was hitting the ceiling. There were shavings everywhere. It's like a Gallagher show. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was a mess. And I'm sure people didn't who were nowhere near the event knew what was going on. We're getting shavings on them. So that was fun. <laughs> but yeah, the apples are, uh, we now have to notify whenever we do them. But we, uh, Chris and I have had a lot of fun. So, uh, uh, I started part-time almost nine years ago, and I was a store manager here at Hickory. Chris was a store manager before that. And so we've been here a while, and we've been in the store during the extravaganza. And one of the favorite things we were doing here this week was talking about what we did with the apples that were left over come Sunday, because we always had to work that Sunday. And so one of the things we did was we opened the front door of the store, and we had a bowling program to see who could make it out the front door, not hit anybody or anything, but also across the street. So that was my story. What was yours? <clears throat> Is Coleman listening? Uh, Probably. Oh, uh, well, we can put a little apple baseball. There's <laughs> nothing like hitting it with a, uh, you know, we didn't have actual bats, so we had to find things that could be like a bat and, you know, make our own apple juice. Yeah, because I'll tell you, after about a week of apples, you, you kind of get tired of eating them. And they get yeah. really soft and gnarly, so it makes yeah, it Yeah, Sunday comes a little funner. So part of the reference you've been using is for turning, right? Yep. And you say you didn't have bats, but you yeah, have lots of lathes. And you don't let that one fly. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm just thinking little imagination might have gone a long way there, boys. But Well, okay. we, then we would have had to have adjusted out a piece of wood and then the cost and then well, trying no, to explain. You would have had evidence because then you would have been like, why is that bat there and why is there apple juice all over it? I don't know. Well, yeah, no, see, this, see, maybe it's my California in me, but I would take that bat afterwards and I would turn it down to like a Dan Harju bedpost thing. Oh, nice. I would right? turn it down into dust. What bat? What bat? Oh. <laughs> oh, these shavings that we are now sweeping up onto the floor. We don't know what you're talking about. Correct. Yeah, matter of fact, I think one year, uh, one of our vendors had a guy turning bats. It was general finishes, maybe. Yeah. Turning bats in their booth. I think I still have that bat. It's in, matter of fact, it's in my shop door. Yeah, but they were like really small bats. No, no, no. no it oh, was you had a full-size full, full size bat. Oh, this was before God. you started. Oh, this was before my time. Yeah. Okay. Be clear, we're not talking about it's Halloween, so I don't want people to get confused, you know, like a bat because it's Halloween also. <laughs> or a cricket bat, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could do that, I suppose. Is there a yeah. bat Isn't that's that different? Like bacon? 
Sorry. What's that? Isn't like, it called a wicket or something? A cricket yeah, game? I think it's called a... I, no, the wicket is the... The sticky wicket? No? The what? wicket is the pyramid behind them that they try to bowl over, and then the cricket bat is what they use to try to protect the wicket. Well, here in America, we don't play that, so I'm just guessing. I've just heard the term. <laughs> I just watched a thing about it. It's kind of interesting, and I'm curious about the sport. I still don't understand it, but... Uh, yeah, they well, played that long. There has to be something going on. Yeah. All kidding aside, um, Coleman and I were talking the other day, and, and the, the what you guys do out there, regardless of getting apple juice on stuff, um, he's happy with it. And if Coleman's happy, I'm happy. I mean, him and I go way back. So, what about three years? <laughs> yeah, it's it's what, however long it would At be. At least this week. Yeah. 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 This week. Yeah. 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 I was thinking that's probably why he got business class. Could be. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I'm surprised because we don't even get business class when we flies us out places. Wait, he flies us? I always have to drive 16 hours like Phil. Well, I was just being exaggerated. I mean, oh, yeah. gotcha. Well, it depends how far you're going. If you're going to Winston-Salem or you're going to Greensboro, it depends on how far you're going. It could be 19 and a half hours. <laughs> or from Canada. Yeah. Or yeah. from Canada. Now, you know. Well, how many hours is that in metric, Phil? <clears throat> Guys, this is the uh, this is the Bill Lutz hour. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Edgewise, let's get a word in. Um, podcasting, it's fun. That's right. Segways are good too. Segways. Uh, uh, how about uh, Jamie Page? He doesn't understand cricket either, and he's English. Nobody does. Everyone's pretending. <laughs> yeah, that's there's some truth to that, but I mean the same can be said for baseball. There's. Every time I watch a baseball game, there's some new rule I never heard of that gets mentioned. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Very technical I, I, game. Yeah, I've, I've hugged Jamie. He doesn't understand much. so. But he understands hugs. He does understand hugs. <laughs> nice guy, a little, little slow. <laughs> and that concludes the Jamie Page segue. <laughs> so what are you guys working on? Anything good this time of year? Um, Phil, how about you? Why don't you? Because uh, you're not the host. <laughs> you're not the host this week. You always go last. Why don't you start us off with the? Uh, I will. No problem. I'll answer from under the bus. I. Uh, it's Halloween time in a couple of uh, in a few days here. I don't know if it's the same for you guys in North Carolina, but it's for me here, and um, it's on the thirty first this year. And oh really? So I'll probably do something Halloweeny as far as uh, some cutouts for the lawn and stuff. What we're doing. Um, because of COVID or whatever is where we've got like this closed group of people that we've set up and we've made a certain amount of bags for the amount of kids that we know we're going to have. And we have this whole schedule. So, you know, Phil's kids are going to Frank's house, you know, at uh, 602. And so it's like a group of 10 and we're all going around and doing it. So I'm just going to decorate our house and I'll probably do some ghost cutouts and stuff. I've got uh, these replacement bulbs for the sockets in the house to change them from the normal bulbs to like red decorative bulbs. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, that's what I'll do this week. Um, I'm probably going to build a little desk extension for, uh, for my electronics bench because I've recently gotten into retro computing, a.k.a. Uh, an old Commodore 64 that I'm going to pick up, uh, I think, on Monday. I'm meeting up with somebody on Craigslist, and, uh, and so I want to put it there. So I'm going to make a little extension. What would cool. you do with an old – I mean, I know that's a thing, but what would you actually do with an old computer? Because I have – Casey's original Apple from when she went to college, the iMac that looks like a bubble, a TV. Right. So this is a lot older than that, right? So these are one of the, the, the thing that I wanted when I was a kid that I never got to have. So as an adult, I'm trying to recapture that and maybe, 
you know, high five my eight year old self and, uh, and, and, and try to try to get it. But there's a lot of cool things that you can do with them. Now they've, they, there's bolts on things. Like you can access the internet with these computers that came out in 1982. And oh, you get really? like very, <laughs> yeah. You got a really retro, um, very cool interface with it. So it's, 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 insanely cool it's basically a parallel port plug that then connects to your wi-fi modem mm. so uh and people have before america online it was called quantum link and people have like revived that and so you can see what that experience is like like what was connectivity like in 1984 or whatever the case may be and when, it's uh it's just very cool i like that retro stuff when i was in the 90s i got a job at a newspaper and they had a bunch of the monochrome screens you know no mouse ibms with the five and a quarter right. it's floppy and so they had yeah. they you know hundreds of these things between the two offices this chain of community newspapers and um obviously they're very expensive to jump out of it so when i got when i started there we were still typing on these like typewriters and then we had the 14.4 dial-up modem you know thing that you would send the files up it took about 20 minutes per per news article, you know, to send them to the other office. And, and then we would actually physically cut and paste them onto blue boards and then send them to the printer. And within about a year of me working there, they went and they, they made the plunge and they bought all the bubble IMAX like Bill was talking about. And so I got this like sort of free education in modern computing, but I also got this education in like retro computing beforehand. Yeah. And so then as soon as all the IMAX came in, they had hundreds of these machines that are just absolutely worthless, right? You know, and uh, so they were like, letting us just take them home. Um, I took a bunch of them, gave them to my old high school um, for art class so they could take them apart and make stuff out of them. And, um, you know, some other people took them for like, you know, retro kitsch value and stuff. But so I had one for a while because it had the big, you know, screen that was like this big, but it only had a little, yeah. you know, and, um, and I had it sitting in my small studio apartment monitor up and then the tower next to it. And because um, uh, the tower was, would sit under it, but I had it up on its side. And then I had a uh, piece of glass on top of it. And it was my coffee table and I left That's it on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the keyboard was underneath it. And, uh, and I would just write, you know, I was like an artist, artsy type, right? I'd write poems and stuff. And so I would practice typing. I would like talk on my friend on the phone and dictate the conversation just to practice my typing and note taking skills as a, you know, and stuff and like write little songs on it. And then all of those, I still have them on the floppy disk up in my attic. And I have no idea how to ever get this information back. <laughs> so you guys, you guys got you got into this just at the right time because the early '80s, when I was in seventh grade, so I'm 13, however old you are in seventh grade, uh, our school was excited because we were going to have our first computer that was going to go in the classroom, and it was going to be an Apple IIe or something like that. Yeah, but it was right. little, it was like a flat box with a yep. six-inch maybe screen on it, and it had this cassette drive. And for weeks, they're like pumping us up about having technology and computers. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is going to be the most amazing thing ever, ever. So yeah. we got this thing in our class and there's 30 kids and we're standing around this thing. And the teacher says, OK, get ready, you guys, get ready. And she took this cassette tape and she put it in. And 45 minutes later, she flipped it over <laughs> and did that. And then another hour later, she's like, OK, here we go. And it was a Pong game. It yeah. was It's like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? This computer thing yeah. is not going to catch on. Nobody's going to be interested in this. And I had no interest in it. So up until 10 years ago, maybe I didn't care about computers at all. So it's funny you say that because like, so my first experience with computers was also the Apple II, even before the E. So I went to a, uh, to public school when I was in elementary school and probably I want to say kindergarten, grade one or whatever. We, there was one computer lab in the entire school and you had 30 to 45 minutes of uh, computer time a week that you shared with another kid because they put two kids for every right. computer. Um, yeah. 
we had floppies at the time, but cassette players would have been really slow. And so that's sort of what like ignited my passion for me for, for computers. And that's sort of what I want to try to capture, I guess. Um, and I just think, but the Commodore is a, a better, uh, better machine for me here at home. I, I remember Commodore. Yeah, I, I mean they, they, were, they like they. I think it's the number one best-selling computer of all time. Like they sold something like forty million units, but mm. it was the same machine being sold from like nineteen eighty-two to nineteen ninety-three. Yeah. So you're not working on anything. Is really what you were saying, right? <laughs> well, I'm going to be working on the. You're funny. You're this funny guy hasn't worked on anything since uh, two thousand fourteen. He's giving me guff. Yeah. Hey, guff, <laughs> guff. That's a good one. That's a good one. What about you, Bill? What's uh, what's on the bench? <laughs> you can see right behind me, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't. I normally don't get to share like this, but you see those stack of wine saves right there, huh? I sorted those out just recently, a couple days ago, in size of width, and I'm trying to decide maybe we can get some interaction here about how to help me out. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably make a jig to be able to because if you don't know that a wine stave is obviously it's curved up. And it's also angled a little bit because it makes a round circular barrelation type thing, right? So mm-hmm. I want to get that on the table saw and kind of like some kind of a jig that'll help me straighten out those edges because what I'm going to need to do with it needs it to be square, even though it's round and curvy. But anyway, so that's what I'm doing, Phil. <clears throat> right there, you can see. And behind that is the metal rings of a wine barrel. I'm going to be doing some welding. I'm going to be doing some woodworking. I'm going to be doing some finishing. I'm going to be doing some creative thinking to do some kind of art, not just a piece of old furniture. I'm going to make art. I'm going to actually work with my hands, my mind, and my heart. Hmm. To make well, there's art. a first time for everything, so that's good. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it should be too hard to make a sled to to square up those edges. You don't have a jointer, right? So that's why you need to. Do I don't have a jointer. Uh, yeah, I don't think it should be too hard to square those. Just make a sled to put them on. You might just have to, because I mean they they should all be curved basically the same. So if you just you know hot glue something onto the sled to hold the center of it so it doesn't you know sink down. You know just you know what I mean because you got the well, two. If you put pressure on the top well, let's, of let's the arch, hold on, hold, hold it down. on. Hot glue the center of it so it doesn't. You know what I mean? I don't know what that means. What, what were you saying? Uh, well, it's a it's like a an arch shape, right? An so arc, if you, yeah. If you if you put it on the sled, it's not flat because it raises up in the middle. So you just take a little piece of scrap wood that's the same distance as the center of the peak. You know how yeah. where it gets higher if it's like three quarters okay. of an inch high or whatever, and just hot glue that to your sled. And, and then put your piece on it. That'll keep it from pushing down and potentially warping the edge as it cuts through the blade. This just oak stave, you ain't pushing it yeah, down. Yeah, sure, it's not going to move. My 250 pounds, yeah. I could stand on that, and it wouldn't at all. But you know what's going to help this project the most? No matter what I decide to do? Heart. Sam, so well, besides besides yeah. my, my interior heartedness, Here. what's going to help this project the most is my 50-tooth combination cling spore <laughs> bad mamma jamma blade. That, that's what's going to help the most because that's on my table saw as we speak. <laughs> well done. Well done. And that's why we keep them. <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm, I, so Mike, do you know, if, or Chris, do you know off the top of your head, how high can I get that blade to go up? Uh, as far the, as your table saw will allow you to. Well, it, it will go as far as any table saw will, but how yeah. far is that? Three and a half to three inches? About. Yeah, some table saws are a little more limited. It's, it's somewhere between three and a quarter to three and a half. Okay, because 
because my theory is is I want to cut those staves down enough to be able to get that on whatever jig I make to where the table saw blade can come up and cut the top. Right. As long as I can get it to, to cut through, because it's going to go, you know, on that arc. Why if not cut it down from that? Sorry, Tim. Uh, well, you, you, I think upside down would be more dangerous because it's more likely to rock. Uh, Way more fun, would, though. But you oh. have a bandsaw, right? So you can match the curve of that to like a piece of plywood and then lay that down to where the stave rests right in that and then just go ahead and push it right through. Oh, like, yeah. You can make a, yeah. a curved so sled that it's just one through. side and then run the other side through the table saw. Yeah. Right. Do it like um like when you make the the spline jig for like a, a corner of a picture frame you know how you have like the v-shape instead it's an arch and then you just slide that right over your your table saw yeah that's, that's genius i've been i've been working the other way yeah once yeah. it's on the bandsaw you've got a lot of uh, ability to utilize that so <laughs> you just would have to keep in mind since that is a flared uh piece you would have to make different ribs for that so your ones on each end would be a little bit narrower than the ones say in the middle because that it gets wider there. Well, so my thought was again, if I'm going to, no matter whether it's arched up or arched down, it's going to be lined up. If I, especially if I make a, a jig that'll ride against the fence, so the jig rides against the fence, mm-hmm. I can line that very bottom of yeah. So I would, I would rather go arch up as opposed to arch down. I think because I can line the saw blade up, and no matter where it goes, if I start on the end of the stave, it will cut enough. If I start at the bottom. I'm not it, sure where that's going to be. And if your sled is a half inch, like a piece of half inch plywood, I think with half inch of plywood plus that full arch, I think that'll all be under three inches or about three mm-hmm. inches. I think you'll be able to make that pass. Yeah. 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 I've actually got an old piece of, uh, cause you know, we upcycle, we reclaim, we try and make do with what we have. I have an old piece. It's the, whatever it is. In fact, here's another question for you. Cause everybody let's, Everybody here is smarter than Bill. You guys know so much more stuff than I do. That was the alternate name for our podcast. That, Everybody uh, here is smarter we went, than Bill. Yeah. We went with recorded <laughs> audio instead. Yeah. I like I, I've been doing that podcast. Oh, you're still doing oh. it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so imagine if you will, smart people. Imagine if you will, an old TV console, the, the furniture that used to have a 10,000-pound, 20-inch screen in it. Um, the back panel on those things, right? It was, was that, is that hardboard? Is that what we call it? Yeah, I think so. Hardboard? Hardboard usually. Yeah. I've got like a, I don't know, quarter inch thick piece of that hardboard. I thought would make a good sled because that way I can get more saw blade action going mm. on. If I, it, it takes away less for my jig. If yeah. That makes any sense. The height of my blade. I would also build a runner into that jig. Uh, that I, no, because yeah. I want to use that it with, I want to use it up against the fence. If I use a runner, it'll it'll um it can only it'll only be one piece every time. But you could build the fence onto the sled so it has its own permanent fence. So this the sled is an L shape with a runner. But but here's the thing is wine staves are different sizes thickness wise, right? So I want to be if I use my table saw fence itself, mm. I can just adjust that sled to whatever thickness stave I have. Yeah, and you'll you'll end up cutting this. If you start with the thick ones, the sled will get cut as you get skinnier, and it'll just become a smaller sled. No, it won't, because the, the wine stave will hang off the edge of the sled. I'll line it up like... Oh, I got you. If this yeah. is the edge of the sled, and, the, and yeah. the wine stave is hanging off a little bit each time, then no matter how wide the sled is, I mean, the stave is, if it's three fingers or two fingers. Yeah. I am so liking this whole video thing, because I just did a it's thing. It's the first time this works. 
Yeah. yeah. That would work the same way with a runner, but that's fine. That's fine. You got to yeah. well, I think we should be I putting would... up some of these social comments. Some of these are very funny. I don't know if you know yeah. that. Is anyone looking at this? Yeah. I mean, obviously. This is, this is the kind of brilliance that I ex- expect <laughs> and demand, frankly, from the Grim Squeaker. Yeah, especially Ryan. Mm. Uh, have you ever done this belt, uh, belt sander races? You plug it into an extension cord? And we were going to do that actually two years ago. We were. That sounds really like you. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Uh, so Coleman, the the general manager, he wanted to bring that back from 2007. He always wanted to do it, and we got really close. And then there was some issues, so we just we didn't do it again. But that's definitely 2021 action right there. Safety schmafety. My money's on the Makita. My money's on the 36 grid. I don't care what the belt sander is. Yeah, yeah. My money's on the uh, the the Harbor Freight with a 36 grid because it just it just doesn't matter. You're gonna be you're not gonna be careful putting it down. You just <laughs> I don't know. Some, some of those belt sanders have long tapered noses. Uh, aerodynamics on that would be ph- a phenomenal. Mm. <laughs> I'm also wondering if you would you know would you want to go like four inch or three inch like would the width give you more grip and or you would go more sleek. It's like it's like drag, man. The the race tires you got to go. Yeah, but yeah. you got to pour a little bleach on the belt a little bit so that it melts the tire a little bit, get more grip off the line. What do they do in Canada exactly for drag racing? <laughs> we don't. No, we don't. I don't know. For the one uh, week a year, there's no snow. Oh. They they put down the salt. Ah, yeah. yeah, we're salt. doing this. Terrific. <laughs> Do you think you could like spin the tires enough on ice to actually get smoke? That would be steam, huh? That would be steam. I think you could, if you were on a lake and you did that, you could eventually be at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, that's a good call. If you're still moving, I've I've done this. I've gone across uh, a lake. <laughs> so no, listen, <laughs> listen. You can't you can't accuse us of being like you know anti-Canadian and like and say all of this is stereotypical nonsense and then instantly just confirm everything that's being said. Yeah, we do have winter sports, but so do the Northern uh, American uh, states. You know, I promise you that yeah, the Canada boys South, over. You know. in, yeah. So you did this in what June? No, I did this in probably March. I did like a, the last snowmobile trip of the year, but this is a couple decades ago already. But so the, the ice is melting behind you as you're going. So if you stopped, you would fall. So as long as you're doing like 60 miles per hour, you're good. Well, have you ever but seen when the- it's frozen, frozen, I've gotten. I have a whole new respect for you right now, Phil. Yeah, I know. Oh, thanks, it's dangerous. I've seen have a motorcycle. Uh, Are you kidding? I've seen people do that on motorcycles across water that's not frozen. Like if you get the right speed, you can actually get across a puddle 20, 30, 40, even more feet without. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's wait, like skipping wait, wait, a rock. Whoa, 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 exactly. Whoa. Yeah. Here we go. My brain is not accepting this. A puddle maybe, but you're a lake? Oh, yeah. There's there's like the – they do. it's, it's like a world's hot. record kind of thing. People see who can get out in the lake the furthest before they sink. And there's people that have gone like 100 feet and stuff. Like, yeah. It's pretty crazy watching. Yeah. YouTube it when we're done here. Not now because we're recording, but when we're done, you can. I feel like usually right. they replace the front wheel with a ski and then. Well, they do. Like, yeah, oh, but there's no, like for the competition, you got to be like a stock dirt bike, you know? Okay. Yeah. It's not a game I want to play, but all right. Paddle tires on there. They're, what they're, would you call that? Uh, a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no, how would, yeah, how would you YouTube that? What would you call that? Oh, like motorcycle, motorcycle driving on water. On lake. Yeah. <laughs> motorcycle on lake. There you go. There's dirt bike. Try dirt bike on lake. Driving on lake. So remember the part where I said do it after the show? Yeah. Oh, the show. I'm not going to actually watch the videos. I just wanted to look at the pictures <laughs> that come up. 
But you're right. These motorcycles are on the lake. There's um what are those wheeler too? There's a four by four on there. What are those two guys? Those two British guys that like they they started in their backyard and now they have a they're a giant. The slow mo guys. They have slow mo footage of it. Um, cool. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have apples. Who would have guessed? <laughs> Listen, nothing beats a good honey crisp. So, Tim, what are you working on? Oh yeah. Uh, um, this week I have been I've been kind of slacking this week, and but I I've been experimenting with the hydroplaning. That's the word. Yes. <laughs> no. Take a look at the next comment in the feed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, hang on. This is what our patrons pay for, right here. <laughs> this, this right here. This is fantastic. That's, this is that's like one money. big old pre-show without cursing. Uh, yeah. Sometimes solving the world problems, it's one problem at a time. Right. You have to right. learn before you can solve. Yeah, exactly. Right. You got to listen before you can hear. You know, Bill. Sorry, what? Hey, I will. I will say this. This is this is sage stuff in my that comes out of my brain, and I've said this for years to many people. It was taught to me by a owner of a Toyota car dealership. I kid you not. This is something he said that it may not seem evident here that I actually take what he said to heart, but I do. And I know it's going to be again hard to believe because I'm just rambling on. But he said, "You have two ears and one mouth. You mm-hmm. should listen twice as much as you speak." That's right. You should be on the top of a mountain somewhere sitting cross-legged. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> anyway, uh, carry on. Uh, Tim, what were you yeah, saying? Tim, you were saying yeah. a thing about a thing? I probably I, I didn't mean stuff, whatever. But uh, uh, no, this week I've been um I've been experimenting with the Maslow's latest the latest version of the Maslow CNC, the M2, and um it, it's been super interesting. So, you know, I, I, people that watch my work know that I, I have a CNC, like a, an Avid CNC that I love and I use. And um, so the the Maslow is more like an introductory level sort of CNC. It's probably like, it's basically the least expensive CNC on the market besides there's one where you like 3D print parts or something, I think. But 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 besides being the, like the least expensive CNC on the market, it's also the biggest. Uh, it's a four foot by eight foot. So it seems like that wouldn't be... Yeah, yes, Tim is making a guitar. <laughs> so I made a guitar on it. That's there. We're done. All right. Oh, um, got there. But but um I've been uh, I've been experimenting with it the, these new upgrades because it's, you know, it obviously lacks speed and and some accuracy compared to machines that cost 10 times its its uh, you know, price tag, but um they made some uh, the guys over there made some adjustments to the z-axis which was the worst part of it. The up and down was very inaccurate. And uh, so they have this little gantry that mounts to this plate now and um the thing has just been blowing my mind all week with how accurate I can make it. Um, I mean, it's still like a hundred times slower than a machine that, you know, an expensive machine, but I just couldn't believe it like that. I was actually able to, and I, yes, Ryan, I, I made a guitar of course, because that's the ultimate test of, of a tool in a lot of ways. You know, you can really, any flaw is going to show up in a guitar and there's been a few what flaws. Every woodworker sh- says it's yeah. The, yeah. Ultimate, that's yeah. the ultimate test. Yeah. My you know, lathe, no good. Can't make guitar. Mm-mm. Right. Can't make a guitar. Why even own it? Right. You know, I, I don't, I don't point. know. But uh, it's it's like there's still some things that are lacking in it compared to, again, to a machine that costs thousands and thousands of dollars. But for less than a grand, I can't believe the accuracy you can get out of this machine. I just it just blows my mind. Um, and so I've been, you know, but it's slow. So I've been spending the whole week just sort of taking my time, deep diving with it, experimenting with it. And uh, I'll have a video coming out this weekend about like sort of step one of that. And then the other thing I was supposed to do this week, I'll be Bill and I'll do show and tell, is I made... Uh, I made this, uh, this is a base six, it's called. 
and I made it, uh, finished it a couple weeks ago. Um, I made this for myself. It's not for sale because it's basically a six string guitar, but down an octave, like a bass. And I just kind of always wanted to make one experiment with one. And so I filmed the process, but in, when I was filming the process to make a YouTube video, Hey, I made another guitar, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> oh, he left. He left. He left. Uh, he he yeah, good. That's He's good. We don't have to be nice to him anymore. Um, yeah, thank God. Uh, <laughs> so, and I was, you know, I filmed this, and it was kind of like I was kind of bored with the 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 raw video because uh, it was just like oh, it's like the same video I made a dozen times, um, you know, making guitar in the, in the processes. And so I was trying to think of some way to make to make a video more interesting. And what I'm going to do with it, I was going to go this week, but I ended up not making it. I'm going next week now. I have a friend. Uh, he's a like we've been friends since we were 12 years old. Musician. I played in bands with him, done all sorts of stuff with him over the years. And he has a um, mm-hmm. a uh, a tape studio. Like he records all on two inch tape. So it's basically you walk into this old building and it's like walking back in time uh, into the 1970s. And so I'm going to get together with you him next week. Recording studio. Yeah, and it's just new old stock and stuff and old stuff. Um, but it's like like. The the biggest question was, hey, can I record this and somehow get it into my YouTube video? So he's like, yeah. He's like, I guess we could like, you know, mix it down to the tape, and then I could bring the tape to the home, and then we could mix that down into like a CD burner. I was like, do you have anything other than a CD burner? Like that was like his idea, new tech, <laughs> you know. Uh, but so we're, I'm looking forward to that. We're gonna just me and him are just gonna jam, and um, Tom Infinite Craftsman on uh, on the socials is gonna come down and, and film and stuff, and so hopefully we'll get something a little bit different, like a kind of a different sort of music video build thing happening there which i'm looking forward to doing because it's just uh you know you make the like i make guitars now like yeah that's what everybody makes fun of it and stuff and i love making guitars but yeah there's a point where making Nobody the makes content fun of but there's a point where making the content it's just like okay well now i'm doing this again and now i'm doing that again how do i make that you know interesting right different yeah I wear so different people- dresses in mine. i'm sorry i wear different dresses in mine that's how i keep my content <laughs> good idea Where's so i i think we we should spend some time, if y'all don't mind, talking about podcasting because yeah. it's something I don't know we've ever talked about before, which is awesome. However, I would ask you this, Tim. You said that's a base six. Oh wait, don't don't let me interrupt you. Go ahead. It's like a pick six, here. except instead of taking a football, you take a. Here, oh, it's our Vance. <laughs> Can you hear? Vance yeah. was just telling me something, but I couldn't hear what he said. What'd you say, buddy? That there's a five second delay on the stream. Yes, yeah, the stream, if you're watching this on YouTube, it is five or ten seconds behind. In yes. case we swear. yeah. I know like you can delay it on purpose. Is it purposefully delayed or not? Uh, I, think it's del- I don't pick my nose and you notice it. Oh, see, he just picked his nose, but now he's going to edit it out. Oh. Yeah, don't pick your nose. <laughs> oh. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if we'll have time to edit it. They're from North Carolina, though, Vance. That's, can I try it? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a regional thing. I'll see you later, bud. <laughs> it's, a, it's a regional I'll thing. <laughs> so anyway, you call it the basics. Is that a pun? Is that like a basic or basic because uh, the strings? Is that on purpose? Were you brilliant or were you lucky? No, it's it's a it's a thing that's been made before that I, I honestly was ignorant about. Um, so I had made a six string bass for a client about I don't know this year. I, or really, I was I'm sorry. I was being. I was making a joke. Oh, good. You extended really... the guitar sequence. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> yeah. I, I personally basic, find it interesting. Basic, if you basic, don't, basic, I can basic. go to my, my other podcast called Tim Talks About What He Wants to Talk About Without Feeling Bad. 
podcast? I'll go to that one. No, I don't no, know. So, <laughs> none yet. What, what makes the Nobody string lower bass different than all the other basses? Yeah, I mean, are the strings a heavier gauge than a regular guitar, or or lighter than a regular bass? What makes it different? What are you doing, Mike? What's what's going on right now? Mike plays, <laughs> Mike plays bass. Mike plays yeah, bass. So I'm curious. Yeah, oh, Mike plays good. bass. Mike and I are going to start our own podcast. It's okay. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll work it out. He talks about stuff Phil doesn't care about. Is he going to be yeah. called Bass <laughs> <laughs> So it's so like a Mike, you know, like a six string bass because you play you play a five string, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. That was the So yeah. you know how you have the, the low B yeah. and then it so it has a string lower when you play a five string bass and then a regular six string bass would then add a higher string. So it's like, you know, it has a slightly different range. But what what this is, is it's tuned like a guitar. It's E-A-D-G-B-E, but it's down an octave. It's, so it's basically like a short scale bass with two extra high strings on it. Um, so yeah, so you play, you can play chords on it like a guitar, and all the notes are in the same place as a guitar, but it's down that octave. And the strings are like a little bit thinner, but so I think the range of the strings is like the the low E is ninety, and then the high E is twenty. Whereas like a regular guitar would be like forty six to ten, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's um a little hybrid good. instrument. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking forward to you know playing it with my friend. Um. And you know he's gonna play drums, and I'm just gonna try and like you know do guitar like stuff on it and bass like stuff on it to show one instrument doing both those things without having two necks, you know. Yeah, so that's the idea. Well, I'm interested in that. No, well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank yeah. you very much. He Phil. gets to say that because he's got a jar of shiny pickle juice over there. <laughs> I'm not saying I'd be pretty been interested too cup. sipping on that. <laughs> we've been looking for the cups, but we, we we're about to just go old school with it. Chris, yeah. where we're going, we don't need cups. Yeah. And there's there's you're not gonna there's no germs that are gonna get live through that, so don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> Nothing lives in pickle we'll juice. Test that, won't we? <laughs> so podcasting. Yes. Yeah. Segway, perfect. Yeah. Okay, ready? Do it. Go. I just wanted to wrap one of those. This is it. This is podcasting. This, this is, is it. the whole thing. Just get together with your friends. You talk for an hour and then you publish it and people listen. If you want a serious answer, I could actually give you one. Yeah. Um, I think I think important to the podcast is not just grab a friend or two and sit down and record something. Uh, there has to be sort of a design to it and that uh, a purpose and that you think ahead as to who is it that's going to be sitting metaphorically across from you. So when I was uh, thinking about this podcast, and I I think I've talked about it before, but it was five years ago, and uh, there weren't that many podcasts in woodworking at the time. There were a few, and there were a couple of mainstays, and we all know who who they are. But I was thinking, I want to do one for whatever reason, and I needed to find a niche. I needed to find a voice and something interesting and different, right? I didn't want to compete with all the other uh, woodworking podcasts. I wanted to add something to the conversation. And I was into Reclaimed at the time, so I figured, you know what? I haven't seen anything about this. Who's the guy in woodworking that I want to talk to about Reclaimed? And, of course, that was Bill Lutz. And uh, just kidding, it was Tim. (laughs) But I know for in any conversation, especially when you're going to have one like this, that it can't just be two guys going back and forth. Back, You need the dynamic of three people, someone who can fill the gaps in the conversation – and I said, Tim, who should the third be? Because we both agreed we needed a third. By the way, this is after three weeks of harassing Tim to do this. He finally relented and agreed. But um, he's like, who's who's the third one? And and he said, Bill, I don't really know who he was apart from this Facebook group that we we're all part of. And it's fine, great. Um, and it just so happens that we sort of developed this chemistry right at the beginning. And it's just worked out really, really well. 
Uh, we, you know, we bust each other's chops a lot, but at the end of the day, we're very good friends. And that's the only reason why it works. You can't bust the chops of someone you don't like and who doesn't like you. Yeah. Otherwise, it just becomes really evil at one point. But, but the point I'm trying to make is that it, it's got to be a, a purposeful design of the podcast and the conversation. And that's, that's the reason why I think we've had the su- success as, you know, whatever. Yeah. And mediocre as it is, but. If, if you put the finger up, then that's how you can tell the other people that, it, that you're going to say something. So Bill doesn't try to start talking at the same time. There's also that sign, the, the hand signals, <laughs> but, uh, but by, by design too, like we all are who we are on the podcast and we are here, but by design, we uh, expand upon that. We sort of character, caricaturize our personalities. And we, we've even had times where, you know, it, cause like Phil always said the best, like three guys saying, yes, I agree is not interesting content. And so we, we will find like, there are times that one of us will disagree with the other ones just for the sake of the conversation, even if we don't personally believe that. Um, so sure. it, in our, in our sort of pre-show sort of plan, we'll be like, all right, let's talk about this and be like, okay, I'll be the jerk that says it's a stupid idea. You know, I'll, I'll play that card because I think all of us understand that there are two sides, of everything in, you know, and we might think on one, but we understand the value of the other. And uh, I don't know, that's a metaphor for the world today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but if you don't do that, I mean, it becomes a lecture in college, right? You've got one guy standing, talking, and everybody mm-hmm. else has to shut up and listen, as opposed to if we start arguing with each other, or disagreeing with each other. And actually, mm-hmm. if anybody's listening, I'm going to have somebody agreeing with me. You're going to have somebody agreeing with you. They're going to bring that up again somewhere else down the road. And it's like, hey, I was listening to this thing. What do you think about this? So it, it actually, I think disagreement brings on more conversation. It really yeah, does. And not, and that, not answering all the questions. Yeah, yeah, leaving questions open. It also fleshes out the conversation, right? So if I said, ah, I really love hammers, and Tim's like, yep, and Bill's like, yep. But then he's like, I don't like hammers, really? But this is why I like them. And he's like, this is why I don't like them. I was like, hey, here's why else I also like them. You know, so it really sort of builds out a whole conversation and a whole idea where normally you just sort of sit still and say, yeah, no, I do like them. And so, then well, it's I mean, interesting it counterbalance. Yeah. It helps or how can we make the hammer better? You yeah. know? Yeah. It helps to have two perspectives that are wrong, and then I can tell you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That always happens. Yeah. No, I disagree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think, I broccoli it. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, you're so, you know, if you don't know the podcast, that's sort of like a thing. We had made these t shirts a while back where we each had a catchphrase and we would have people. Uh, order the shirt and then pick one of our catchphrases as a sort of friendly competition, which turned into how we do a coupon code now with Kling Spores. That um, mine was uh, was broccoli because uh, or uh, I steams my broccoli because I said that once and you guys thought it was funny to say I was angry. I said it steamed my broccoli. Phil's is uh, or, well, Bill's is utilized bearded dragon because he uses these words utilize and bearded dragon a lot. And then Phil's is really the the essence of the podcast of agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> which is the essence how, of who I am really. Well, it is, it is, but in a way it is sort of, yeah. you know, what the, the podcast is about of like, let's, let's have a conversation about things and not necessarily resolve it. You know, I mean, it's civil discourse, right? It's the ability to right. disagree with somebody, but still not think of them as the enemy. Mm. I mean, so how do we, how do we, how do we talk Coleman into getting a Klingspor podcast going? And, uh, we we've been trying we don't know how to necessarily approach the value of it but i know that with chris and i we we operate our online chat 
um, not just the social media side of it, but also when you go to our website at woodworkingshop.com, there's an online chat feature where if you have a question or you need technical advice right off the bat, him and I are usually the ones, we also have our customer service, uh, but the ones that answer that. So we were saying, you know, why not make something that's more just the audio part of it where people tell us the question that they have and we're answering that question to kind of help other people who might have that question, but didn't want to come out and ask it. Well, there you go. Thank you. So that would be great. Yeah. yeah I'm, so I'm down. Yeah. That was our original make thought. It, and also, I want to make take it 15 minutes off. long. Just little, yeah, little 10, 15 minute long snippets that people can just listen to. Like, I got a short drive. Pop it in, learn five things. Don't mm-hmm. forget to yell at each other. I find that. Well, works I, I hope that he and I start one on our own <laughs> and then we become so popular that people want us. And then when he wants us to do one for us here at work, then we can charge. <laughs> That's, that's that's my that's that's, that's our great. business model. That's Chris, I'm just, first of all, I think that's brilliant. But I've been trying that for five years, and apparently, it's not working. So, but you have different fun. strokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I will say that with your coupon codes that you have after the podcast, um, we are going to make them free shipping for any orders over $35 during the extravaganza because there isn't a free shipping coupon available to anyone else at that price. Everyone else is 50 and 75. So for everyone who uses the utilize, the broccoli, and the disagree, they'll get uh, free shipping off of $35 or more during the extravaganza week. Oh, great. This is why we love you guys the most. So, uh, Free shipping on $35 or more if they use the code broccoli. I disagree with well, that. We utilize that coupon properly. <laughs> I think we should utilize that in a good way. Okay, sounds good to me. Oh. See, this is code. Now I know who your favorite is, Chris. Nice guy. Well, no, the other two are already <laughs> taken. It was the only one left. Uh-huh. Oh, no, so that's how we got to Bill. Everyone else was taken. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. well. So, so imagine, if you will, this podcast that exists to answer people's questions, which I like that. Um, and it, at some point, I'm imagining, like us, we had to get a little bit more creative because we talked about everything you possibly talk about of what materials to find in a dumpster, blah, blah, blah. Then you start bringing on guests to answer. Have Rebecca DeGroote on because she can answer a turning question. Have Izzy on because he can answer anything actually it doesn't matter mm. uh, but yeah i mean that would be fun too i could see this cling spore uh podcast is 15 minutes starting you guys are gonna start with 15 minutes then coleman's gonna say guys we need to make it longer you go like this i don't know coleman i don't know we we tell him that regardless yeah you gotta do this just saying i don't this know is, doesn't it's not gonna work this is, this is, I need more money and or Italian for I love you. Oh, I like yeah, that. that's not okay. what Italian is. This is going to say something else than I love you. Oh, what do we sticky you? and I can't get it off my finger? Something that's chafing, I think. Ah, I have that problem sometimes at work. If it depends, I wear Carhartts now because I'm not sponsored by Carhartts. If they're listening, hello, I'm the shirt, the pants I'm wearing now. Story. I am wearing pants. Careful. Who has the hey, mute button? Who terrific. has the mute button? All right. Yeah. Sorry. Let me go ahead. And, no. What I'm saying is that Carhartt's does make a non-chafing uh, pant. Huh. I'm just saying. So I guess since you switched to Carhartt, there's a lot less baby powder around your house. Baby powder. That's what it was. I've been using. Uh, if, if you guys, I you know, I don't know you know me. Um, 
I was raised by a Filipino. So my stepdad was Filipino from the time I was six years old. And I've eaten a lot of different Asian type foods. And one of the things they have that they use instead of flour is called tempura. Mm. That's what I thought people said for chafing. So I've been pouring tempura powder in my pants. Crispy breadcrumbs? It, it doesn't make for better baby powder. Why didn't I mute think button, of this? Mute button, mute button, mute button. This is so this is uh this podcast has been brought to you by <laughs> Me, Tim, and the Apple. That's all yeah. you need. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, it makes so much sense though. It really does. What was your stepfather before you were six? Because he only turned Filipino when you turned six, I think you said. Um, you know, th- he didn't exist until I came. Just like the podcast didn't exist until I came into it. So he was younger than mm-hmm. you. He was he was born mm-hmm. when you were six years old and became your stepfather. <laughs> I'm not sure how to answer that question because I'm thinking it's not technically possible. You're trying so to trick me. Had right? a, a guest on the show in a while. <laughs> I speak a little Tragalog, so that would be nice. Well, my my stepfather has been been gone for quite like oh, how old do you feel? No, it's not a sorry thing. It's it's a hundred years. But yeah, but no, it's an interesting thing. I I have a lot of people that um, came up to me as a kid because you got to imagine by the time I was about ten, I was taller than my dad. Um, and they would come up to me and they'd say, "Bill, I didn't know you were Filipino," and it still to this day boggles the mind. It's all in the jeans. Those Carhartt jeans that Lutz is wearing. Yeah, it's the Carhartt jeans. It's because I'm telling you, baby powder, not tempura. Just let me make that clear. It's like a long play advertisement for Carhartt pants. Yeah, I'm just glad they're associated with tempura powder in places we don't want to talk about. Yeah, I'm not going for sandpaper like on that other. I'm just seriously, man. It's blowing my mind right now. The difference between the beautiful smell of baby powder and this fried food smell that comes out because sweat in the temp. All right, let's stop. Let's wouldn't just it be, stop, please. Wouldn't it be funny if this is a long con and Bill is actually sponsored by tempura powder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's a brand or a thing, a type of thing. You can only make it better if he just brought a chicken tender out from the side view, you know, and he's just like tempura powder. It starts, just starts uh, frying yeah. on the side for the rest yeah. of the show. <laughs> Egg roll. Pulled that out of his pocket because he's got a deep fryer somewhere down around his desk. I've been to that garage. It's a very small deep fryer. It's in the west corner there. Yeah. (laughs) He points it out. We got it now. Yeah. Uh, All right. So podcasting, I mean, is, is for you guys on a personal level, do you find it rewarding to be able to bring this kind of content to people? No, no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's been a lot of studies done recently about uh, like, I mean, even pre-COVID about um, men and their relationships with friends and loneliness and all these things, because it's just men historically just don't really maintain friendships like women do. Um, and that's very I think I think all of us probably have our own personal relationship with that. And our, I'm, a, I'm I've always been kind of a lone wolf kind of guy. I've never been very social. And when I stopped performing music, um, I, there was never any reason for me to ever talk to anyone ever again, in my opinion. And I was like, that's just fine. And I didn't really see that as being a loss or a void um, until I started doing this with these two gentlemen who are probably my, my best friends at this point in time, at least. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that the social interaction we have is, is very important to our mental health. 
um, especially now in the era that we're in. Like this is, it's a grounding force. It, it forces me to come out of my shell and be civil and social with two people I really like and care about every week. Uh, if we, if we were to not make the podcast anymore, um, I wouldn't miss the podcast, but I would miss the time that I spent talking to these two guys. I agree. I, I think that's a two party though, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some kind of a joy that comes from the interaction that we get from people um, because of the podcast. It, it, people that have messaged me personally or that we've gotten emails, questions from people like serious questions or, or just a compliment saying, you know, we really love the podcast. You guys are funny, blah, blah, blah. There's some kind of joy to that, but there's also this something that's gone. Uh, we'd miss you too, Nick. Thanks buddy. Yeah. Um, but there, yeah. there is something to be said for this friendship that I found now I'm doing things now. I, I never thought I would. I, the computer that's now filming me and, and that I'm working on, I just recently, because of the bravery that I got, because I know Phil's this computer guy and Tim's pretty smart with computers too. I'm like, I can do this thing. I ripped the front of my iMac off and I took a hard drive out and I stuck an SD, SSP, whatever, drive in it and then downloaded all my stuff onto the thing that I could put it back in there so everything would work. And now you guys are probably giggly going, that loots. That's like four-year-olds could do that. This is the most amazing technological thing I've ever accomplished in my life. And I was so proud that I did it. And I shared it with only the only guys I really cared to share it with was these two. And it was just like, it's so amazing. Like you hand me an old welder or anything and I will, I don't care if I know how to use a tool or not, I will figure it out. I can do that. But this stuff, this computer stuff, but anyway, I mean, but that's the kind of friendship we have. It's just, I want to share with them these amazing things that I do in my life, you know? And and by extension, the the friendship goes beyond just the three of us too. Like like oh, Phil yeah. said, I mean it's it's about you know. Uh, I know we know that there are people that communicate with us. We I get messages and emails and texts from people, like where I'm just like, what what the heck are they talking about? And I realize that they're listening to the podcast and they're in the middle of the conversation we're having and interjecting. Like yeah. so you know, and like like Nick just wrote about how he, it's like I I know Nick and Nick knows me and and I would miss the interaction that we have you know, outside of just the three of us, because it is like, you know, a few thousand friends. I mean, not everybody's necessarily interactive with us like that, but um, yeah, I would, I would miss that too. But, but I think I would mostly miss Bill's smiling face. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'll just, tell you I'm what, just thinking, go ahead, I bro. don't have this anywhere else in my life. Like nobody else in my circle of friends. Can I talk mm. about uh, what do I do with this thing with my table saw to be like, what? I don't, I don't who cares go to the store you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just you just buy it at ikea right yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know so they only know to buy finished goods this is the only place where i can express this side of myself with you know contemporaries people who understand what i'm talking about like i'm an alien to everyone else in my circle of friends so the podcast is fantastic but these two guys specifically but the community in general i think is probably what i would miss most the, the curveball comes, and I love this. We get we get a question or, or uh, I get a direct message from somebody that says, hey, man, remember in episode 201, you were talking about that bent screwdriver? And I'm like, oh, my God. But, I mean, that blows yeah. me away that, you know, well, maybe we were talking about you can reach that one bolt on your rigid saw if you just bend a 45-degree angle on an old flathead screwdriver, right? I don't remember saying that. And there's somebody saying, hey, remember in episode 240? You know what I mean? So it's, it's that kind of thing where, like, people are actually listening is beyond flattering. I mean, it's, I don't even know what to say to that. It's like, thank you. And we love you. We, I really do. I have this fondness and affinity for 
being able to do this thing that we do. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I know. Um, when I first, I mean, I've been following the maker community now for a while, 2016, I think is when I really went hard at it. But, um, I know that with Lutz, there was a video that you did and you made fun of one of the people that is probably the hardest to make fun of the way that you did. And that was the godfather of making <laughs> like an axle, and he started doing all this welding on it. And I'm watching the video like, what is he doing? This makes no sense. And then all of a sudden you open up a beer bottle with it. And, and it was like, oh, <laughs> awesome. Like, Jimmy made uh, he did how to make ten bottle openers really quick. It's like a three minute video where he you know bent the screw, did all these things, and then I just happened to pick up this. It's like a fifty pound steel bar with with threaded eyelets on the end of it. I had it in the back of my truck, and I'm like, if I welded a little tiny piece, a tab on the end of that, I can use this fifty pound bar to pop open a <laughs> a beer, right? And I'm like. This is how you make a bottle opener, Jimmy, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It was awesome. Bill's the only one I know who could dig at Jimmy. I would never presume. I did it, <laughs> I did it one time and I still regret it. So <laughs> well, what, now I gotta know what was the dig. I missed this one. He did oh, this, this video years and years and years ago. Um about like every everyday carry that he keeps in his pockets and it just the whole video was him pulling stuff out of his pockets and this must be seven years ago six seven years ago like before we were doing the podcast before i was really entrenched in the community and he was the one guy whose videos i was watching he's the one who got me into this whole thing there's in fact one video that he made that blew my mind and got me woodworking and doing all this stuff. It's this story now gets better because he prefaces it with all of this. You know, I love Jimmy so much. Well, yeah. <laughs> and go ahead. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, so this one video where he made a, a carry tote box toolbox out of, uh, out of a pallet. And I watched that video 25 times easy. I'm not embarrassed to say it. And so I was watching him religiously and I, developed this this dependence this uh, reliance this uh, expectation from him and that would be build videos and then one one week i waited the whole week for this video and he, <laughs> he, you forgot to put the word unhealthy out of his pockets unhealthy that, expectation is what that's yeah, no, this is healthy. yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, and he pulls out all this crap out of his pockets. He puts it on the table. And that was the whole video. And I was in fury. I was like, what? How dare you not give me the content for free that I expect? <laughs> and so I wrote in the comments. I was like, when are the build videos coming back? And I think, like, um, he may have just replied with a frowny face, but it, it devastated me. It broke me. Uh, and so, <laughs> Jimmy. And that and the 10,000 people that were basically hunting you down. Hmm. Yeah. There's only there was only you, but um <laughs> it's only you. But uh but ever since then I've been trying to make it up to him and I and I hope one day to to be able to achieve that goal. Where's that frowny face emoji? Yeah, no, right. It's not. It's uh it's a colon and then and then a, a closed bracket or an open bracket, depending on which side you do it. This was before emojis. This is this is old school. Yeah. It was on a Commodore sixty four actually. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. how I used to watch Jimmy videos too. Yeah, yeah. They're not they're not the same. He changed since I switched my Commodore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He went to sixteen bit from eight. Oh, the graphics. So I I, I got to tell the story of how I met Jimmy the first time, and um, uh, when I first found the community and everything, I had already been a fan of Jimmy because I found his 
TV show videos on YouTube. Then I found out he was actually doing maker stuff now. And that was kind of weird because you see him all clean cut and pretty on his TV shows, but now he's a scruffy bearded maker guy. But anyway, a friend of ours that started a particular group online uh, lives close to me, Andrew Aragon. If you, he doesn't exist anymore. I don't think he's married and happy and has an actual life. Anyway, all right. uh, he's like, Hey, there's a thing called maker fair. And this guy, Jimmy Duresta, I know you like him. If you'd like, I'm going to hook up with him. If you'd want to meet him. I'm like, <gasps> Jimmy Duresta. Oh my God. No, really? So this happens. We go to maker fair and we get in. I've got my thing. My wife is with me. It's, everything is going amazing. And there he is. I see him. He's standing there. And this is when he had made his fireman's axe, I think. And he's standing there holding his fireman's axe. And I watched the video. I'm like, this is like an aura of light around him as I'm walking up. And this is Jimmy Duresta, right? And then a few people were there. And they kind of walk away. And Andrew walks, hey, Jimmy. I guess they'd known each other. Jimmy made something for his daughter. Anyway, hi, Andrew. How you doing? Hey, this is my friend, Bill. This is Jimmy Duresta. I'm like, and I've just got this blank look on my face. Like, and I reach out my hand. I'm like, shake his hand. He's like, oh, hey, man. Nice to meet you. He's like, you want a hat? I'm like, I didn't say words. I just nodded my head, you know? So he reaches in his bag and he pulls out this Duresta hat. And I'm just like, and I went and just put it on my head. And we continued to talk for like five minutes or whatever. And it was just amazing. I actually got a couple of words out. Wow, Jimmy, I just, you know, you're amazing. I love the work you do. And I held his ax. Everything was great. And I said, Hey, uh, and then Andrew started talking to him. I said, I'll, I'll be back in a minute, you guys. So I excused myself. I had to go in the bathroom. What happened was when he handed me the hat, it was on the smallest setting size. So when I put it on my head, it was so freaking tight that my ears started to swell. But it's Jimmy Duressa. I can't take off and adjust a hat in front of him. That would just be rude. So I had to excuse myself to go to the bathroom. By the time I got to the bathroom, I almost passed out because I couldn't, my head couldn't breathe. It was so tight. My ears were all puffy and red. It was weird. But true story. That was the yeah. first First time I met Jimmy Duresta. So, and and Tim, what about you? Never met him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He um, ever they've made out behind his barn. When um, you know, I, I've been making YouTube videos for a while, and like everybody else that does it, it was you know, Jimmy is at the the root of it somewhere. Um, I did a video for a company. They came to my shop and filmed me, and they made this little um. <laughs> my wife is making fun of your fangirling that's hilarious well, um, thank her for watching yeah uh jimmy uh commented on this video that i was in that was on someone else's youtube channel and um he just said something like it was about upcycling and he wrote like hey well said and i and i, I was like oh thanks you know just kind of re watched this video and i was surprised at seeing people interact and and uh but i saw the name and i and i was like i know that name but i couldn't figure out why and it was because one night when Vance was like first born. He woke up in the middle of the night. I was like holding him, giving him a bottle, watching that one of his TV shows on like late night discovery channel or something. And I, I was just like, Oh, these guys kind of do what, you know what I'm into. And, and I, then it took me like a few weeks before I put two and two together that the guy from the TV show was like commenting on this video I was in. And so then I, I, I wrote back like, you know, like high praise from the master or something like that. And he's like, Oh, knock it off. And, and then I went, I clicked on his, um, like his avatar and I saw he made all these videos and it just like a light bulb went off in my head. So I, I had started dabbling with making videos a little bit for clients. Um, but it was just like, Hey, Susan, this is the coffee table. I made you, I'm going to do this, this. And I'd post them up on YouTube privately. And, uh, and then I realized like, Oh, if I just made it like a modicum more professional, I could post it up publicly and maybe meet a new Susan, you know, maybe another Susan will come. And so I started making them like for that. And I, and I remember making like my first one 
and like sending Jimmy a link to a private. It's like, hey, is it okay if I put this up publicly? Like, I feel like I'm just like ripping you off because I was, as we all did, you know. And, and he's like, yeah, just do it. He's like, you'll find your own voice, you know. And um, it was very super supportive. So it was it wasn't for like another year or so until I met him in person. And I remember going into his little basement shop in New York, and the and the. I walked down and like kind of walking through the maze trying to figure out where to find him. And he turns around and looks around the corner. He's like, he's like, Oh, holy crap. It's you. He said, pointing to me, which I thought was hilarious, you know, before I got a chance to say that. And uh, yeah. And, and it's been, it's been a loving friendship ever since. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. He shared you was behind the barn. We already heard that story. <laughs> well, he, yeah, we, he's yeah. a contributor to the podcast, right? I mean, he's been, um, he's been a guest a couple times. And no, he's been, he's one of our main supporters since yeah. almost day one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's very, that's, um, yeah, he's very supportive of the community and, and, uh, involved. Yeah. yeah. Still yeah, yeah. trying to figure out how we could fit the trumpet in today since we don't really have the list oh. to run for patrons. <laughs> just, just do it. Give me the rest up. There you go. Wow. That might have been your best one yet, Tim. Oh, that didn't the, blow. And here's the, uh, yeah, the bell. Is, yeah. This is the bell that we always use. It's this little like, this little like French maid or something. She's Victorian. Ah, oh, see behind things. the scenes right here, of reclaimed audio podcast. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Queen That's Victoria. Queen Victoria. Yeah, I think it's Queen Victoria. Uh, or the Queen of Hearts from uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it's kind of got that. Yeah, I was thinking. I was look. thinking uh, Galinda from the Wizard of Oz. Man, she looks more menacing than Glenda. Glenda was Glenda's a, good a good witch. Yeah, that's yeah. why I know. That's why that little figurine looks more menacing than Glenda. Oh, it looks more menacing. That's because yeah. Tim was holding it. He's got these manly hands. It's does he? It's I feel it's like, like he moisturizes three times a day. Well, Every day. <clears throat> Every day. Working yeah. hand. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, fewer that's restraining true. orders involved in my relationship with people. Well, on you know, that I, I swear, one time I peek into your window and you just all weird sense. One time, <laughs> you put you a get camera? all like choked up as you said that. <laughs> any time, any time. I'm good later this afternoon. Yes, Coleman. Yes, that is what we sounds like. We needs Coleman. Yes, remember yeah. business class. You know what? Um, if, if if you know, hopefully the world will be permitting next year. I wouldn't mind if someone helps me pay for gas driving the uh, guitar truck down there. That would be awesome. Oh, That'd be extravagant. Might, it might take me. A, it might take me a while to get there. It's not the fastest truck on the road, but it'd be it'd be fun to see if we could maybe work out a little little mini tour where I could m- make it a few days going down and stop at a few locations. Dollars. I'll just take a coach <laughs> international ticket, please. Right. T- Ten dollars would be enough for me to start the truck. <laughs> oh, <that's good. laughs> yeah. Halfway there. You no, need one of those good. winders. That I feel like that would well, shave a couple of bucks off. Right. Tim, you've been say, you say you've been looking for more interesting content or how to keep the content interesting. What if you converted between now and then the van to electric? Uh, yeah, that would be amazing to do. And I I have thought about it. It's uh, I don't know if the technology is there yet or not, but um, it's a heavy truck, you know. Yeah, it's got a big. Oh, first of all, whoever Coleman Forsey is, Coleman Forsey should be Coleman. Five she no Coleman ten she he's at a ninja level ten. Remember, I love you for three weeks. So I'm just saying I yeah, love you. Already so swollen. Please just just <laughs> that's the general manager. Yeah, he's he's the one that would uh, be in charge of signing that business class check. Well, he should be the general manager because he's not only brilliant, he's handsome. General manager, that proves uh, to me you have not met the man. 
<laughs> oh man, I hear a position just opened up over at uh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know if I've ever had the gumption to be so uh derogatory about the man who signs my paychecks. Listen, Mark, I can I seriously I consider Coleman just he's a friend. I've known him, I worked for him since two thousand one. So we have that relationship where we can go back and forth. But honestly, I do I respect the man. So otherwise you I wouldn't, wouldn't I wouldn't here. be here on a Saturday yeah. dealing with all of this. But uh, you, know, you see all the froth that's been churned up from this backpedaling? I know. <laughs> well, I mean, this is his third time being here working yeah. for Klingsports Woodworking Shop. He's left and always somehow come back. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's a cappuccino, please. Cappuccino. Yeah. Hi, Penny. Yeah, and Penny is his wife. <laughs> what in the world? Well, the only thing more amazing than Coleman would have to be Penny. <laughs> Put that up. <laughs> <laughs> now you've made Penny upset. Oh, what uh, who, you know what? You need uh, loots up in that booth for the next extravaganza. I think there's going to be an open shoot. Yeah, that, uh, yeah that, that's going to be the name of my podcast. What have I done now? Yeah. <laughs> I tell him, I'm like, oh, this person's really upset with you right now. And he'll just look at me and be like, well, what did I do now? Yeah. It's always his response. Honestly, that's an 80s sitcom, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been married yeah. for 25 years and got three daughters. So that's the story of my life when I get the look. Uh, okay, what have I done now? Oh, uh, yeah, you know that look. <laughs> wow, you've been married. You, dude, you look 25. How can you have been married for 25 years? Well, I got married when I was 12, so it works out. Oh. Hey, we're in North okay. Carolina. There you go, North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Different rules. <laughs> Different. Oh, on a serious note, I mean, I have, I've seen some of oh, you guys. Videos. Well, Well, before I was, but now I'm not. Okay. Um, I, I'm a I'm big into CNC, so Tim, I definitely appreciate what you're putting out there in regards to those kind of that kind of content. So, always something really cool and unique, and and the work you're doing with Vectric is just uh, you know always appreciate whenever you uh, get get chimed up there on your product of the month. Thanks, man. Yeah, I try, I'm trying to be like a um, like an ombudsman, like a, a mediator between like those that understand and speak CNC, and then the rest of the world. You know, right. like because it is a um, it is when you first start getting into it, it's very jargony and very intimidating. But what I found about CNC work is that there's this notion of people that don't do CNC that think it's CNC isn't real woodworking. And everything I've done on the CNC has made me such a better woodworker without the CNC. Like there's this real disconnect between that world. And I'm trying to bridge that gap. Yes, Bill. What's an ombudsman? <laughs> you for sure have been called up in front of one many times. What are we talking about here? I don't know what an ombudsman is. It's a mediator. Is. It's like instead of going to court, you'd you'd go to this one guy in your organization, and he. I've been called up for a judge, but ain't no ombudsman. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like if you court you go to, if you have a if you have a, the a ombudsman, if you have a yeah. if you have a gripe yeah. with like the the store, <laughs> like if you have a gripe with the you know Clingsport Woodworking Shop, you don't get to call Coleman directly. You have to talk to what would they consider. An I can see it now. Here's some be, big old burly North Carolina woodworker wearing his flannel <laughs> shirt walked in. I want to speak to the ombudsman right now. <laughs> You know what? I'm sure there are unions that have them. I my when I went to college, there was an ombudsman that if you had a problem with one of the teachers, uh, it was someone that you could go to and yeah. speak to about, and then they would help resolve that because they were impartial. They weren't technically part of the staff. Right. I just okay. I, I believe that you are both telling the truth. This is what I have to deal with all the time. We're not, just so you know, we're, we're not I can't prove like them wrong. I won't be part of the staff anymore, so that'll work out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you got the job now. <laughs> you could be the ombudsman. <laughs> I don't know if you're impartial anymore either. But 
<laughs> well, I did want to uh, take the segue from Tim uh, talking about CNC that he will be joining us Wednesday, October 28th at 11 a.m. to talk more CNC. Well, now here's your reminder. Yep. Uh, talk more about CNC and, and how he um, utilizes that in his shop. When is that? No one, no one ever emailed me to tell me the schedule. I had to ask myself, when is that? Oh, gotcha. It's a Wednesday, October 28th at 11 o'clock. Eastern Standard. Well, if you go to virtualwoodworkingextravaganza.com, right, you can see the schedule posted right there. You only have to do this on our podcast, Bill. Oh. <clears throat> there oh, we that, go. That, that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wednesday at 11 Eastern time. Uh, I'll be doing a Q&A and talking CNC and reclaimed and how they connect or whatever you want to talk about, really. I don't care. We'll just go back to that uh, bass guitar that you're building there. We'll just do that. All right, I'll bring that in. We'll just yeah. we'll just jam for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be able to please everybody. We get that. We might as well just do ourselves. Well, if there's no CNC, I'm out. <laughs> one of one of my dreams is to rig up the CNC to, to play the the guitar, so scrap it down and actually like code and program. You know, someday I'll do that, but I haven't gotten to it yet. That would be interesting. It would have to be a pretty slow song, I would think. Um, well, the the tricky part is I would want to make it play chords. Not not just pluck strings because I could easily program to just go back and pluck each string individually. Right. But so maybe yeah. I could open tune it and make it play a melody that I don't know. But. I just have one of those moments. Mm -hmm. You're welcome in advance. So it's Halloween. You make that video and you use like a pretend bloody finger on the end of the extractorator. I from love the, it. You know, where, I right? love it. Yeah. 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 That would be fun. Sometimes so you just my do brain those same just works. two notes that uh, Bill Murray plays in Ghostbusters. Boom, 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 boom. You know, like. When he goes into Sigourney Weaver's apartment on oh, the piano yeah. to scare her. Oh, deep cut. You're going into. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I got the, I got the Ray Parker, whatever his name was, Ray Parker Jr. Song in my head. And you're going right to the That's piano. Right. Yeah. To when he's contacting the. That's right. That's right. Still waters run deep, my friend. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, I want to tell you thank you very much for joining us. Um, not sure how long you wanted to go for, but at the same time, I know that you probably want to take a break after almost an hour and a half of chit-chatting. Yeah, you know, we are not known for our um, our time brevity. Intervals. Yeah, brevity, that's the word. I, I was uh, going to say something much longer than that, but that's fine. <laughs> I want to apologize on behalf of the Reclaimed Audio podcast for the last hour, 19 minutes, and 22 seconds. Uh, okay, <laughs> just kidding this was a ton of fun what's, really appreciate it what's brevity mean short quick oh oh pequeño i wasn't sure where you were going there actually it explains a lot that you don't know what that means well i'm just if it means short i mean of the three yeah, of us of course you have i the would most know brevity. it yeah fair enough mm, there it is. I, there have, it is. I have a whole jar of brevity you're right keep it next to my bed oh. <laughs> it's been a while it's been a while since one of those we've been working on the crickets we've been doing the cricket noises does uh the stream do cricket noises uh yeah there's a whole plethora of stuff is it really Ooh, now this Bill. is sounding in <laughs> yeah there's all kinds of clips and stuff you can put in there yeah your case for a live uh show just got taken up a level in priority i loves it oh look at this the icon. yeah we can do i the came other. up with this idea two weeks ago when I was a guest host on another podcast, Brit Makers International, for all of those guys listening to this that listen to that, I said, Tim, Phil, they've stepped it up a level. I, I would like to do that the same. And they both told me, be quiet, Bill. We're not interested in your ideas. We, we told you you have yeah. a face for radio, and we were going to speak about 
Could you move the abrasive and proud of it yeah. to How can the we... window, please? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything for that bottom window. I guess we'll just have to plaster that right across. Oh, the right. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Off right on lids only this week. And by the way, uh, all three have a <laughs> nice. Oh, he's found a loophole. He, is, uh, he found a loot hole, yeah. A loot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. He leaned up over the bear. That was pretty Pretty tall guy, Wilson. Oh, beautiful! Still run, still water. See, look at that. That's right. They run deep, my man. All right, but gentlemen, thank you again. Um, I've had a lot of fun with this. I really had no idea what exactly we were going to get into, but this was a lot of fun. This, Welcome yeah. to our world, week after week. Great our nonsense. <laughs> you can listen to the Reclaimed Audio what? podcast uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, including now Spotify. Thank you. That's where I get mine, so I'm I'm much happier now instead of SoundCloud. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you were getting a SoundCloud? Okay. Oh, SoundCloud's yeah, no. the worst. I mean, that's where we host it, but yeah. yeah. So for listening, it's tough. Yeah, because uh, they were trying to tell me to go into the Apple and all that, and I was like, I just don't do Apple, so I was just wait till it gets on Spotify when it was there. I was like, yes, it's, it's been there for boom. all two weeks now, so that's great. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. like Joe Rogan, then us. Oh, see, well, it works backwards of mine. Yes, it's not how it. That's not let, me, let me end with some seriousness. Um, thank you, Klingspor. Uh, thank you, Mike, Chris, for doing this for us. Seriously, um, we seriously love the the support and the love. So this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, and you put up with my nonsense. So it doesn't get any better than this for me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just glad that I had someone else that could that it was that was full of nonsense like I am. So it just makes <laughs> it feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like mine. Yeah, it's yeah. the uh, birds of a feather uh, with still waters. It's like a thing. Yeah, <laughs> like I agree to disagree. Edmund. Broccoli. Thank you for that. I'm just glad you guys put out the content because um, that's one of the podcasts I listen to while I work on the weekends. So appreciate right. it. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for your support, and we we had a good time doing this. Yeah, blast. Well, right, we'll go ahead how do we stop time. saying we love each other goodbye? I mean, oh, we just go ahead and drop you out completely like that. Perfect. Oh. <laughs> I love this show so much. I, we need to be doing this because to be able to drop and it was nothing. <laughs> yeah, we can still hear you, even though we can't see you, which is uh, okay. yeah. even better. I could remove you entirely, but we don't want to do that. That's rude. It's like a presidential debate. I love it. Yeah, there is a kick out button where you can't come back even with the link. We can just, you know. Interesting. Have I well, mentioned how you, handsome thank you are? You Coleman today? as well. Um, Would you like us to test that? <laughs> Wait. Thanks, Coleman. Thanks, Coleman. Much appreciated. Yeah. I'm glad like he a, had a good time. Looks like a bad episode of the Brady Bunch up there. Everybody's pointing up. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm mirrored. Oh, what the beers on that side? The be- yes, in real life. Yeah. <laughs> In it's real life, it's a high left. He just looks so confused over there in that corner. I know he's like that big white box with the red label. Is that what you're talking no, about? No, I'm trying to say I yeah. love these two guys so much. Nope. I'll just do it this way. It's easier. I love these two that guys. That is so much. Stella. It's Belgian. Didn't realize they had that in Canada. That's awesome. We have everything you have. Canada's the same thing. We just have health care. Well, on that note, uh, we'll go ahead and end this. <laughs> well, we knew it was getting kicked out first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Bill, thanks a lot. And we're going to go ahead and try this real quick just for giggles. We're going to kick you from studio. All right. Ready? <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I don't know what kind of magic that is, but I want one. Nice. Well, thank you guys and have a great day. Bye, right, guys. We love yeah. you. We're not in there anymore, so it's only <laughs> showing the bear from. <laughs> Bye, Sterling's bear. <laughs> I guess.